Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emotelligence, the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, sitting behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another show. And here I am coming from the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute. And I am in the deepest caverns because I am sitting on a treasure of information about leadership and emotional intelligence that it is highly, highly protected. Why? So that you can be the one to get this valuable resources and not be disturbed or have it been interfered with or intercepted. And so you cannot track me with your satellite, GPS, none of that. Why? Because I'm in the recesses. The most recessed part of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute because I have this protected resource because I have you in mind. I have you in mind. I don't want it to be taken by anybody else. Hey, by the way, today we are going to talk about how Immortelligent Leaders erases or erase the word subordinate. Yes, that word subordinate. They erase that word from their vocabulary. And here and uh, here's why. We're going to talk about why they do it and why you want to as well. Why do you also want to erase it from your vocabulary? Well, let me first, though, probably you're asking Kingsley, a intelligent leader. What is that? What does that mean, by the way? And, and so I, I wanted to kind of... Put that out there more often. I think that I have failed to give the definition of when I use the phrase Immortelligent Leader, which comes from my new book, Immortelligent Leaders Succeed Where Others Failed and Become the Leader Everyone Loves and Wants to Follow, which is now on Amazon, that you might be asking the question. And so here's the definition that I work with when I think of an immortelligent leader. This is who that person is. It's a is that individual, that leader, right, who recognizes, understands, and manages his or her emotions and the emotions of the those around them. And they are better equipped at making better decisions, managing relationships better and our top performers, right? Their, their job performance is at that top level. That is who I have in mind when I use a phrase or the word, well, actually the phrase, immortelligent leaders. So I wanted to get that out of the way just in case you're wondering why I did that. Actually, you know, as I'm recording this episode today, I had a conversation this morning, and I'm recording this 
in the later part of the morning, I had a conversation. And in case you wonder, I do record my podcast as of now on a daily basis. And it will eventually I'll do some batch processing, meaning I'll do a whole bunch of episodes. I'll record back to back and then release them over the next several days. I will do that eventually. And long term is that this show, the Kings of Grand Show, will go to a more like a weekly release of an episode rather than daily. We are right, I'm trying to right now figure out what's best. And and you can help me in this decision because sometimes it's when you have all these episodes coming at you every day and you are like, okay, man, you know, I don't want to, I can't listen to this one again. I have so many to ca- get caught up on. I, you know, and I know sometimes that's, that's the way I feel when I have a, a podcast that I listen to and they have a regular show daily or five days per week. At times it feels overwhelming for me. And 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 I normally don't listen to all of them because I feel like there's too many and I have to get caught up. But I hope that's not you when it comes to the Kings of Grand Show because again, remembering this is coming from the deep recesses of the Immortaligent Leader in Leadership Institute where this is highly protected and valuable content that must that must be guarded, right? And, and so the idea then behind what I started saying about having this conversation and the person was asking me about immortelligence because I had on a, you know, I was at an event and I had on one of those badges, those labels that you stick onto your shirt with my name on there. And then below that, I did a, I put the word immortelligence, right? I I basically kind of um, wanted to make sure anyone who looked at my tag, at my name, will see the word immortelligence. Because I wanted to kind of get it become, become more of a, a common word where it's used more often when I explain the definition. And when I was telling this person about it, I hashtagged immortelligence below my name. And so she said, oh, yeah, emotional. When she saw the word immortelligence, she said, oh, yeah, emotional intelligence. I say yes and no. If you notice what I've done, I have created a new word, I told her. And immortelligence means the art of succeeding where others failed. And what that does, I said, is I focus on the leadership component by allowing that leader who wants to know about how to succeed where others failed to side by side develop themselves in the leadership arena and emotional intelligence arena all at the same time. That's the differentiator with my with what I do and why I created the word immortelligence and the immortelligent leader. Now, I know there are a number of books out there and you probably have read those, but I'm also listening to an audiobook and that's how I consume a lot of my books. I don't know how you do. I find that if I can listen to the audiobook first and if it really catches my attention, I will then go and purchase the ebook 
or the actual physical book because I want to mark and highlight and take notes on the, you know, I want to have reference page. I can kind of flip through the book. Is that how you also kind of consume information or are you the book person first? Well, this is how I do it. And I've been listening to this book about the blue ocean. Have you ever heard about the term blue ocean, red ocean? Well, what that really means is that if you have an industry that there are so many people who are in that industry all competing for a similar audience, what happened is that ocean, as they give that term ocean, becomes very bloody. There are too many sharks fighting and vying for the same customer and people, and they're all chomping at the same meat, and it becomes so bloody, it's called now the Red Ocean. It's overpopulated, and the competition gets tougher. It's more competitive, and you have to raise a stake. You have to really be trying to compete, either lower price or, you know, that kind of competition is taking place. What happened, though, this book about the blue ocean, it simply says, how can you create a value or a, a product, that's the word, the product, that distinguishes you? separates you from all that's happening within the red ocean. And that would now be called a blue ocean, meaning you are, you are, in a sense, creating that. And what your goal is to go and fish in the red ocean, introduce your new product, your new concept, a new idea, and try to get people over on your side to understand, like I am doing with the Immortaligent Leader, is pulling leaders and those who are following the emotional intelligence community. I am targeting those people and pulling them over into that one, that blue ocean called the Immortelligence Ocean, or the Immortelligent Ocean, I'm sorry. That's what the, the correct way of saying it. But I could say in the ocean of Immortelligence the art of succeeding where others failed. I'm now inviting people over into that ocean and then I'm going to bring them and I am bringing them the value like what you are receiving here. Now, I know I'm kind of taking some time. It's not that I'm stalling because I run into, while I'm thinking about this, sometimes questions come to people's mind and wonder, why am I doing this? And and what is a purpose? And is this another book that I've written? No, 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 it's not. It's different. It is, it distinguishes itself in this area. So when I was telling this lady about it, I began to share with her why it's different. And she said, oh, and here is what she said at the end of our conversation, which I know to hear her say this meant it resonated. It caught her attention. And she said, oh, well, no, before I tell you what she said, the first question was, Almost like, what qualifies you, Kingsley? What qualifies you to write this book? She didn't ask in that way as if to kind of question my integrity or, you know, it it was, I understand where she was coming from. I did not take that as a personal thing at all because the question was very, very appropriate to our conversation. And I told her, well, my background, I am a licensed psychotherapist. I said, oh, okay. And immediately, immediately, 
she kind of like, oh, leaned in some more, meaning that, hmm, I guess this guy does have the credibility to write a book like this. And then I also mentioned to her about my experience. And one thing I read about my in my book about what qualifies me is not just those things, but also the mistakes I have made as a leader, both in the workplace as well as in the home place with my own children, and how I've learned a lot from that over the years. And then I said to her, I've earned the right to write this book. I've earned the right to write this book. And then she said, her comment at the end was, we've got to talk. We've got to talk. We've got to get together. And that is when I know that it resonated. And I hope that this is what's happening as you listen to this podcast, that it's resonating because I am bringing you into a, a blue ocean. A new mindset is a paradigm. It is taking leadership into what the 21st century is asking for, is demanding, is calling for. And so I call this cutting-edge leadership approach. And, and those who have, who are going to and have followed this presentation are the way I'm presenting. I've done that in workshops, in coaching, and in, com- in, in speaking. And I can see the, the difference. I can see and hear the feedback that tells me I'm onto something. And that's why when I introduced today's topic about intelligent leaders, erase the word subordinate from their vocabulary, I just wanted to hopefully give you where I'm taking this because I'm challenging some of the status quo. I am challenging what has been standard, accepted leadership, I would say leadership thought, leadership, what's out there, right? What's out there? I'm not finding the right word right now. But for example, I did an, an episode about put the I back in teams. You may have heard where people have said, there is no what. That, exactly right. Exactly right. There's no I in team. And I, and I understand where they're coming from. However, I challenge that because intelligent leaders make sure eyes are in team. Why? They want to maximize the potential of each person that joined their team. And they've got to find out what is what are they made up of? What are they good at? And so what I find, and, and in that episode, if you have not listened, I want to recommend highly you go back and listen to that episode about leaders put the eye back in team. So I'm challenging those things. What has been accepted as norm in the leadership space. And that's why I say intelligent leaders are going to, are have, well, not going to, they have erased the word subordinate from their vocabulary. Why? Well, think of the word subordinate. The very first three letters is the word sub, right? We see it used in subpar performance. If I said to you, a person did a, put on a subpar performance, which is what you might be experiencing in the team that you're leading. You might be looking at your team and you know, you know they could give you a better performance. You know they could do a better job. You know they're not giving you their best. 
What do you? Wouldn't the word subpar be a word to describe their performance? Couldn't you say that they ha- had a subpar performance today? Yes, you would, because it's less than. It's below what they're capable of. So the word sub means it's under, right? Submarine is under water. Is the word under? Is under something? Whenever you find the word sub, right? Now, for the most part, and so what happened is when someone uses the word subordinate, it connotates the idea in a person's mind, and it kind of creates this imagery that the person is less than. You are less than me. It's almost like a better than kind of picture imagery that's created. And what happened is when leaders have that word in their head, in their mind, and they go into their leadership with, oh, I am the boss, I am the leader, and you are my subordinate, it immediately creates that kind of gap already. You're less than. And so even though you may not be thinking that way, you will behave that way. You behave that way. Why? Because you are, you have that mindset, that belief system. And, and it's not your fault for the most part. It's not the fault of the leader for the most part. Some, yes, they want to see leadership as a title or entitlement and they, it gets to their head. And that's some leaders out there who I am saying they fail at leadership, right? And that's why my book is titled the way it is, is the intelligent leader succeed where others fail and become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Leaders who fail at leadership, nobody wants to be around them. That's why they're failing. They're not producing. They're not able to get the kind of work or performance or productivity from their team members. Because they're, why should I give you my best self when you is all about you. You don't acknowledge me. You don't recognize me. You see me as your subordinate. And you treat me that way. Your belief, my friends, shapes your behavior. And unconsciously, we behave in a manner. And sometimes we don't even know that. And that's why I say some leaders, it's not their fault. They have been handed from society and other leaders ahead of them to treat people this way. Now, if you're going to succeed where others failed and be the 21st century leader, you've got to get rid of that word. Replace that word. You may want to listen to episode number 45, I'm sorry, 46 and 47. And I, I kind of went there to some degree. Okay, I want I kind of went there because I wanted to hammer away that... We've got to change your workforce, your team members are made up of millennials who have no idea about how leadership was given or done years back, right? And and even though they may not be, be millennials, but our society have constructed a new way of thinking because of the fact that you can get information accessed at a click, it's it's at your fingertips. People are more informed. They know what to expect. 
They know what their rights are for the most part. Therefore, they're not going to put up with what was once the given, the norm. They're going to challenge that. And they may not challenge it outrightly because, of course, their job might be at stake or the team being on the team is at stake, but they'll do that in a very subversive way, in a way that you don't even... Of course, you see it because the results are productivity, but they're just being undermining what could be better. And that's why I believe when you and I as leaders begin, and that's why my first... Not the first. I have seven traits of seven essential seven essential traits of successful leaders in my book. And the very first trait that I, I mention is not the first chapter because I laid the groundwork to get to that first trait. Is leadership is and, and here's a word that you may not hear too often. You may not it may be kind of uh used I would say sparingly or in rare occasions, maybe not for you. But I say leadership is stewardship. I begin with that. Why? Because it's about a mindset change. We've got to change as leaders. It's not about me. It's about my people that I lead. It's me letting them know I'm here for you. I'm here to do my best to serve you. And that's where the emotional intelligence part comes in. Because the very first part of the emotional intelligence is this, self-awareness. Self-awareness, because emotional intelligence is simply this. It's the ability to recognize and understand emotions and the skill of using that awareness to manage my emotion and the emotions of the relationships around me. That is what emotional intelligence is all about. And when leaders are able to take that, work and develop themselves there alongside right alongside, not separately from their leadership skills, how to communicate, how to listen well, how to delegate, how to promote, how to you know acknowledge, recognize. All those things are leadership skills that are needed. When they're able to develop and work on those together, that's what makes them an emo- emotional, I'm sorry, emotelligent leader. And that's where in part of that training that I do and coaching, and in my book, The Immortelligent Leader, which is, which is available on Amazon, I outline that. I really stress that that's the movement. I, you know, I call my book, it's more than a book. It's a movement. It is a 21st century paradigm that's occurring, occurring. And I want to invite you in on the early stage of this. I want to invite you in to join me in this movement, let us make it massive. Let us make it a an international movement where leadership, you know, I did an episode that says put sexy back in leadership. Why? My focus, my goal is to see leadership become a, a term, a word that people don't immediately feel repelled by. Or they kind of have this, you know, oh, here we go, right? It's almost a a, a word that they resent. Some people do, right? Because of the leadership baggage and what's come with that and what their experiences might be. I want leadership across, you know, in all strata, all industries to look 
immortalgent in nature. I believe when we're able to do that, we're going to have people who clamor to be at our door for us to lead them. But here's the important part. It's not about just us leading them. Because immortalgent leader, leaders do three things. I call it the three E's of immortalgence. That is, they educate, they empower, and they entertain. They Notice the second one, empower. They're empowering people to be their best selves. And imagine, wouldn't a person who know that is what it is you want to do for them, allow them to be their best self? Wouldn't they want to be around you? Of course they do. That's what immortalgence do, my friend. And that's why I want to invite you in this journey. And the first thing I would suggest, I want to not suggest, I am asking you, you to do is to join me in the Facebook group. It's facebook.com slash groups slash immortaligent leaders, E-M-O-T-E-L-L-I-G-E-N-T, immortaligent leaders, and request to join. There are three questions you must complete, and then we'll review like your, your, uh, your uh, request to join, and then we'll invite you in if you're the right fit. So request to join, fill out those three questions, and I hope to see you inside there. If you need to reach me as far as coaching, a speaking engagement, an upcoming event you have, a training you want to get done on leadership or emotional intelligence, I would just say both together, immortalgence. Then reach out to me. You can do that on my social media platforms, or you can email me at podcast at kingsleygrant.com, K-I-N-G-S-L-E-Y-G-R-A-N-T. And my friend, remember this, as we wrap things up, you're one skill away, one skill away from all of this. I want to say now, thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today and joining me in this podcast journey. I do appreciate that. And so with that said, my friend, peace out, God bless, and I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah. Yeah.